You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again and again and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. Ladies and gentlemen. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear the Super Collider? You're gonna love this. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's impossible. Hey guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. I'm from another, another dimension. How many more spider people are there? Hey, fellas. Hello. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to Fan Critical. And hello from Australia, because that is where I am currently based, visiting one of our other members, Gareth. Hello, Gareth. Hello, mate. Good day. Good day, as they say in Australia. Obviously, we just did our Christmas special our alternative christmas special and in that podcast we uh featured a a new honorary member of the clan your brother simon evans hello simon hello guys glad to be back glad to be back we somehow got a return he <laughs> did an okay enough job okay enough. you know this is the fan critical multiverse and therefore we have to get you know different characters involved and speaking of multiverses today we are covering spider-man into the Spider-Verse. First of all, quick spoiler warning. We will be discussing, basically, Spider-Man in general, all comics, previous film iterations, and of course, most importantly, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm. Obviously, the girls can't be here, uh, mainly because they're not in Australia. Now, John, he's had a temporary ban uh, from podcasting with us. I'm not talking to him. I'm not um, talking to him at the moment. He he sent us something today, which I have to say troubled us. He's always been known as a disturbed man and obviously the more negative member of the group. But he sent a picture of Spider-Man um, that's to and, be... And Venom. And Venom. And, and I'm not going to go into it any more than that, but it was disturbing. And we've had to ban him from this podcast, to be honest with you. And I'm not going to say what the picture was. I'm not going to put it on the website or anything because I think uh, we'd get banned. Filth. It's filth. It is pretty shocking. It's shocking. So we'll leave it at that. Your imagination is probably worse than the picture. Actually, no, wait, the picture is much worse than anything you could ever imagine. Sorry, John, you are out of this one. But let us start with our famous tradition of blueberry rating. And Gareth, I'm going to go to you first. Could you please explain the blueberry rating system for anyone who is listening for the first time? Mm. And then would you please give me your synopsis? Review synopsis and blueberry rating for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, all right, so our blueberry rating system. We do use blueberries to uh, um, to, to assess the quality of a film or TV show. Um, it's a ranking of zero to five, zero being the fewest number of blueberries, of course. And for those who aren't mathematicians, five is 
the highest <laughs> yeah. number on yeah. that scale. That's right, yeah. <laughs> now, importantly, with a blueberry rating system, you cannot have half blueberries. Too small to halve, if anything. Exactly right. Think about that. You, nobody's having half a blueberry. That'd be so, weird. I'm going to come out straight out and say it. I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving Spider Man five blueberries. Spot, you're giving Spider Man into, into the, the Spider Verse. Yes, yes, very good. S- Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yes, yes. All right, apologies. I'm giving that five blueberries. Mm. I bloody loved it. Elaborate. Now, I actually went into this not taking in a lot of the hype around it, and I know that there is a lot of hype. I know there is, but I've kind of, mm. I, I've been, I'm not going to lie, I've been fucking busy last few weeks. Oh, right. So I haven't had time. I haven't had time to look at it. So I, I went in a little bit blind. Um, and so it was a, it was maybe a pleasant surprise how good this was. The artistic style of it was amazing. This comic book style, like sort of rendered mm. look was brilliant. Yeah. Um, it was, it was fun. It was funny. Um, it, it, it was hilarious actually. It was touching when it needed to be touching. Mm. Um, it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was and and I mean I have to say Miles Morales, our new Spider Man, absolute cool guy, absolutely quality guy. He's yeah. somebody that you would happily um, support hang out with and support so, and support. Um, I'm fighting. He doesn't need that support. He's no, doing all right. He's doing all right. Well, he struggles for a lot in the film. Um, so yeah, and the overall message of the film as well, which I want to come to later, uh, I think is really important. And I want, and and that for me. I just can't fault it. I can't fault it. Well, and there you go. That's why you give it a five. Five is high praise. Mm. Very high praise. Simon's never blueberried anything in his life. So this is a momentous occasion for us all. Simon, uh, give us your synopsis and then give us your blueberry take on Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Don't blow it. (laughs) Don't don't blow the blueberries. Don't blow the blueberries. All right. Um, I, I very much share very similar views in that it is a fantastic film. Now, I was a little bit more involved with the hype. Partially because I played the PS4 game not too long ago, completed that, loved that. Haven't done the DLC, but mm. apparently that's amazing. Um, and yeah, so I was getting pretty excited. It, what a great year to be a Spider-Man mm, fan. Yes, very much so. With Infinity War, with Spider-Man on PS4, and now into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I think the voice acting completely like astounded me. I was absolutely fascinated at how well these characters were voiced and how alive everyone seemed and how genuine mm. everyone seemed as well because that's not always easy no especially for an animated movie especially about a superhero movie as well and i think they've done a fantastic job so i'm also going to give it five blueberries Ooh, Ooh. double fives double five. that is very good simon yeah and very good point about the voice acting because a lot of people forget uh that bringing these characters to life there's a lot of acting that actually needs to go into these characters especially well-established characters like peter parker now uh the hype is real everyone the hype is very real and i agree wholeheartedly with both of you this incarnation of spider-man is absolutely brilliant i'm a big fan of the new peter parker in the avengers universe i think he is a breath of fresh air tom holland i think he has given Spider-Man a new lease of life. You know, I really liked Homecoming. That was a really fun film, and I think he starred very well in that. But this this was excellent. A fresh new look at Spider-Man. The Miles Morales story and the Miles Morales comics have really given a new lease of life to the superhero in general. Uh, I think, you know, Spider-Man was getting a bit fatigued, as we'll come on to later when we talk about this. There have been so many different iterations of Spider-Man since 2002, just the Sam Raimi films, that... 
it's nice now to have a whole sort of breath of fresh air into the franchise. And like you said, Gareth, the animation style was so unique. The casting, Simon, was great. Uh, And most importantly for me, the heart of the film was so on point. It felt like it had extreme heart. It felt like I really related to Miles. I like the messaging of the film, which we'll come on to later, as you said, Gareth. So for me, it's a five as well. It's a clean sweep. Full five out of five blueberries. So, I mean, let us know your thoughts, guys, and what you think about that. You can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts on the film. But for us, this is easily one of the better Spider-Man iterations, if not the best, which we will get onto later in a little game that we're going to play towards the end of the podcast. Now, before we get into our, not scene-by-scene recap, but before we get into our highs and lows of the film, and they're mainly all highs, a quick advert. Hello, yes, another advert. The new year is upon us, but one thing will not change of our podcast, and that is advertising. But it is self-advertising that we are doing today, just to let you know that we have been away on holidays for the month of December. But we did bring you the Christmas episode, this episode into the Spider-Verse, and very soon after New Year's, we will be releasing our hopes and fears for 2019, as well as our highlights for 2018 so that will be out just after the new year if you are enjoying this podcast please do subscribe to any of our channels mainly our fan critical channel just search fan critical on itunes or any podcast app or follow us on social media we're fan underscore critical on instagram we are at fan critical pod on twitter and of course on facebook we are just fan critical your support means the world to us so please do subscribe and keep listening to our content we try to bring out something every single week for you guys so it's been fantastic so far please support us on those channels and now back to our recap of spider-man into the spider-verse Okay, guys, let's jump into our spoiler-filled discussion of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I think a good way to kick this off is to discuss the fact that the film is, in fact, an animation. A very bold decision, obviously, but it very much works in the favour of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because of the crazy antics that are going on. Right, Simon? Yeah, absolutely. So it was one of my favourite parts about the movie, just overall, is just how well this comic book just come to life, essentially, style works so nicely the animation is gorgeous um the art style is really fun and there's a couple of really clever sort of moments with it and there's even a few moments which completely highlight the the humor um such as when you know miles falls down that one bit and he goes no they Um, use they use like comic captions and captioning extremely well in this film and it is like the page coming to life the style itself is i would say a cross between stop motion comic and 3d animation so it's an extremely unique style of animation and something that i genuinely have not seen before worth noting that the the minds behind this are lord and miller very famously uh, known for their work on the lego movies as well so yeah, they, you can see some of that. You can see some of the, their influences. They're experts in the animation field, I think, and they're ex- experts at bringing things to life. So the style, first off, off the bat, was something that really grabs your attention and straight away you buy into this comic book spread that they've laid out in front of your eyes to absorb. The next thing I want to talk about is the death of Spider-Man, the death of Peter Parker. Spoiler warning. Which is, as I said at the start, there's a spoiler warning. So he 
tragically passes away in this film. And, you know, as with things like the death of Superman, the death of these major characters, comic book characters die all the time. However, seeing that happen on the big screen doesn't happen so often. And we're getting into an interesting phase of, say, even something like Marvel's Avengers, where we are going to see replacement Avengers coming into the coming into the fore, coming to the foreground. And the people like Captain America, people like Iron Man, maybe Spider-Man to an extent, obviously not in the Avengers world because Tom Holland was just cast and we know there's a lot going on there. But uh, it's going to be interesting seeing these replacements coming in, you know, coming out of the shadows of their heroes in some respects. And that's what we're getting with Miles. But what did you guys think about the way that Peter Parker died in this film? From a personal point of view, um, it it was sudden. It was it was unexpected. I mean, Kingpin Wilson Fisk essentially just crushes him, and that was not at all what I was expecting. And mm. and it's something that I wasn't expecting because we'll come on to Kingpin later, being one of the main villains. But it was kind of Bane breaking Batman's back esque to me in a way. But obviously, you know, Spider Man did not recover from this situation. But uh, he was obviously very much injured from the collider machine, obviously. Yeah, the explosions. He was like, everything. I never cough. Like, you know, he was saying, like, oh, that coughing's new. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was in a bad way anyway, obviously. But it was a shame because this is the 26-year-old prime-conditioned Peter Parker who's only been fighting crime 10 years. You know, he's sort of perfect in a way, isn't he? He's sort of mm. the perfect hero. So This just- is it. Well, this is the thing. It's like um, he- he's having to pass over the baton before... Yeah. Before he's he's done, really, like like you say, he's twenty six years old. He's in the prime of his crime of his fighting career. Crime fighting career. His physical ability. Yeah, it's good um, looking boy. Very good looking for an fella. animated character. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I can show you some pictures that will. Uh, oh, don't, no. John. No, Joe. <laughs> let's leave it at that. Continue. Um, and it's like you. I guess the easier way to go about this would have been to have like Peter Parker get into maybe 48 and it's like oh god mm. I'm getting a bit old for swinging around it's yeah. it's hurting my back a little bit yeah batman my style. knees are feeling a bit funny mm. I'm going to have to start to look for a new replacement yeah. but instead they just went nope you're going to get punched in the face or chest or, or wherever chest. dead instantly dead. from kingpin get made dead and you know miles morales sees all of this uh miles morales and he is the new spider-man he is you know uh, a very big comic book her iteration of Spider-Man now at the moment he is the current Spider-Man right so yeah he's he, he's experiencing a bit of a renaissance at the moment because well, Spider-Man in general is because obviously with the tried and true Peter Parker is Spider-Man and he saves New York from all sorts of crazy weird stuff that's that's done like that's run its course everyone's yeah. enjoyed it yeah and things were starting to wind down a little bit so they've decided to spice things up by bringing in different spider characters and mars morales has been a bit of a sleeper hit actually yeah um you know he, he was brought out without a huge amount of fanfare uh, well there, there was a little bit of controversy uh, unbelievably really but there was controversy when he was sort of announced because because he's half hispanic half black mm. and you know that's not that's not what Spider-Man has been. Spider-Man's obviously this kind of very traditional, traditional all-American kind of young teenage fella who's like, if he wasn't becoming Spider-Man, he would he would be uh, everyday mate. everyday mate, very <laughs> nice guy. You know, you'd bring you'd take him home to your parents for dinner, kind of kid. Well, we're yeah. dancing around trying to avoid the con- the controversy there, but to some people, the idea of having 
this kind of like all American hero, an ethnic and a more ethnic, becoming, you know, yeah. character being Spider Man. I yeah, there was. I remember there being something about it. Yeah, but I think once people read the material and they understand the character of Miles Morales, they they get a lot more behind it. And actually, he's a breath of fresh air. Well, yeah. But An absolute also, breath of fresh air to the franchise. It's also it's also far more representative of what of the US mod- is. And today. modern day New like, York. Yeah. Which is one of like like London, where we're from, a very, you know, cosmopolitan city. A city which has a lot of different ethnicities, a lot of different influences, you know, founded on things like immigration and stuff like that. So there are these different sort of um, you know, groups of, of ethnicities who who are itching to have a superhero like this. They've things been like underrepresented, hundred yeah. percent, and things like Black Panther have proven that in previous years. That's the other thing as well. Like with his mixed heritage, his his um, uh, Hispanic side, it isn't brought up directly. It isn't mentioned directly. You obviously in the first few minutes of the film, you hear him talking Spanish to some of his friends. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's how it, like that completely normalizes it, and that's amazing. I think it does it really well. Can I ask a question? Sure. That you two might know the answer to. Yes. Why is his name Miles Morales and his dad's name is Davis? Because he was given his mum's mother's name. Surname. Yeah. So So clearly in the film, you you notice that his mother is Hispanic. Mm. She is talking in Spanish for a lot of the film as well, especially to him and to her husband. And he, I believe he takes on her name. That is why. So is that another like layer of... Well, modern, yeah. modern them trying to make yeah, it more absolutely. modern because obviously. I don't I think I'm not entirely sure on this I, I could be wrong and if I am my apologies but I'm pretty sure that his parents aren't actually married mm-hmm. yeah so, which and I think she, you're right and she made the decision as you know oh well I want him to keep the heritage going and keep the name Morales mm-hmm. and I mean also it's it's Marvel Peter Parker Bruce Banner. There's the alliteration every time. Yeah. So I do love that. Yeah, I, I, I have do. to keep it going. Keep I do. the alliteration going at all times. But the important thing about Miles is he sees the death of Peter Parker and he never really gets the opportunity in this film to learn the ropes. <laughs> you know, pardon the pun. He never gets the opportunity to learn how to become a hero, learn how to deal with is responsibility. There a pun there? Ropes, they swing from ropes. <laughs> Webs. Webs. Well, webs. Web yeah. ropes. <laughs> same thing same thing so we'll go with it we'll right, go with it right. yeah didn't learn the webs so um <laughs> he's you know, new to the internet he's but he's got some interesting new powers so obviously he's bitten by a spider which is number 42 or whatever it says on it and he uh, developed some very interesting new powers mainly the fact that he has the ability to become invisible and he also has the ability to use bioelectricity, mm. uh, which is extremely useful. Not only that, he has the super strength that Peter has as well. So he's an upgraded version of Peter Parker, some mm. you know, a far more interesting superhero in some ways. Um, just because these two power, these two new powers, give him a whole host of opportunities. Um, what did you guys reckon to his new abilities compared to, say, a standard Spider-Man? I personally think, again, it, it's a shift from the norm. It's something that's slightly different. It doesn't. It doesn't detract from the pre-existing Spider-Man in any way, shape, or form. No, because mm. what the the Peter Parker that we see and we meet has years and years and years of experience, yes. and Miles Morales doesn't. But he makes up for it in some ways with these cooler powers. Well, absolutely. At this at this moment, at this moment, you're right. It's balanced out by experience. But in ten years, is Miles Morales going to be way too overpowered? 
yeah, he's got bits of electro in there. He's got, you know, he's got, <laughs> he's, you know, he's, he's 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 combining some new powers. I mean, I I get what you mean by that, but I do think that the miles that we're dealing with is still a kid. You know, it's the same as Peter being a kid uh, back mm. when he was sixteen or seventeen years old. Yeah. And but he had to just he had to deal with becoming Spider Man, and the only thing he could do was like shoot stuff out of his hands. Which well, then he does know. That's not sixteen year old. That's not a superpower. That's actually he creates not. his web slingers uh, through science. Yeah, that's not a power. His only powers are super strength and the ability to you know climb on walls. Climb, yeah, climb around, the web slingers. Yeah. So that's. But. That's why Miles is very interestingly at the start, and for anyone listening who doesn't know, that's why Miles at the start of this film was trying to swing between buildings, not realising that that is a power that he cannot do because it is a power that Spider-Man cannot do. You know, that is a scientifically created device. It's it's only in the Sam Raimi movies that he actually can naturally... Mm. shoot the webs and from that his wrist. is That's not canon weird. and it's not canon that is not canon we have to say right now we'll talk about the sam rami uh iterations of the spider-man franchise as canon at some respects in this in this film but we have to say that you know web slinging is 100 percent not biological in spider-man canon we should have we should definitely have a nerd alert <laughs> yeah sorry but you know <laughs> it's very it's very important gareth but, you know, let's talk about the general plot and how we get the Spider-Verse. And basically, as I said, the death of Peter Parker is witnessed by Miles as Peter is trying to stop a giant sort of interdimensional uh, hadron collider, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, from opening up and bringing back Fisk's or Kingpin's family that he's lost. So there's an interesting sort of arc to the villain in this as well, which we'll come on to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, this obviously goes awry. Peter Parker is killed. Uh, but in him dying and him being in the sort of collider beam, it draws several other Spider-Verse iterations of Spider-Man into our realm. Uh, And I thought it'd be quite cool to talk about them all. First of all, we have Peter Parker 2, as we refer to him. Uh, An older Peter Parker, one who is 10 years older, so he's been fighting crime for about 20-ish years. So he's like mid to late 30s, who is amazing. He's great. Can I say, though, this is when you know you're getting old. Yeah. When that's the character that you relate to the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, God. Well, I'm I'm lucky in that respect. I don't quite fit into that. Well, I have to say, when I saw his physique, I was like, that's kind of my physique. It's like, (laughs) I'm kind of in shape, but, you know, I'm just never in shape. And it kind of made me a bit sad. I was like, oh, I'm just chasing a dream here. Like, he is in a way. Well, he's putting in zero effort. He's given up. I'm putting in effort, though. But he's he's genetically modified it. So, in some respects, it's absolutely fine for me to, you know, be on the same page. So, yeah, he was great. I loved the way that I thought we weren't going to get much Peter Parker in this film. And then we get... That Peter Parker, yeah. and I was like, that is the... Because the perfect Peter Parker is just done and a bit boring. And yeah. to see him a bit washed up and to see him and MJ split up and t- for him to have been through that emotional roller coaster for me, made him a far more interesting character and a far better teacher for someone like Miles because of the stuff that he's been through. Totally agree with that. I think... Mm. I think um, you're absolutely right. Like, it, it, there's, there's a bit of sadness that you're not going to get Peter Parker when he dies. But realistically, that film would have been a load of shit. It like, really would yeah, have. Yeah. It really would have had no depth to it. Yeah. And I mean, I, we, we couldn't deal with another origin story oh, not again. of a, this time a different Spider-Man learning how to control and use his powers. I would. I think we all would have gotten bored. Yeah. We, as I said, this, there are many iterations, but Peter Parker 2, 
Very good. Very happy that we got the older, washed-up version. Now, messing with the canon a bit, we also got Spider-Gwen, or as they're saying in this film, Spider-Woman. Now, we can't call her Spider-Gwen necessarily. However, Simon, there is a long-running comic series with Spider-Gwen. So it's quite cool to finally see Spider-Woman in this iteration of Spider-Man. Actually, I also just very quick correction. I think in the movie they said Spider-Girl. I could be wrong on that one. They might have done. I think so. But, but either way, they're not saying Spider-Gwen, which no, is what she no. is most famously known as. Yeah, every, everyone refers to her as Spider-Gwen because the comics, again, refer to her in that way. They say Spider-Gwen yes. because it's an alternate universe where instead of Gwen Stacy dying, yeah. it was Gwen that got bitten by the spider and it was Peter Parker that ended up dying. And I love that. I love the idea of that because that death, of Gwen in, like, I think it was just after like issue 100 of, of Spider-Man, so something at, like at that, the yeah. hands of Green Goblin, was one of the most famous shake-ups in superhero history. In terms of the mm. death of a major character, a major love interest of, of Peter Parker, it completely changed the character of Spider-Man. Yeah. And it was yeah. a very important moment in the comics. So to have that flipped and for it to be the other way around is so interesting. And to have her as the you know the heroine, I thought was amazing. Yeah. And I really like her in this film. I love her in this film. Yeah, absolutely. And um, personally, I was quite, I was actually quite a big fan of the moment when Miles accidentally ripped some of her. Well, has to get the hair yes. cut off. And then you see her later and the way it's shaven. And I was like, that's actually quite cool. It's quite cool. It, she it, made it work. She yeah. made it work. You know, you've got to work it's quite stylish. with what you've got. It, <laughs> it's a relatively modern haircut as well. So mm, very modern. Like, you, have to, you have to work with what you've got, just like Len has, because mm-hmm. you're a big ginger fella. I'm a big ginger fella, yeah. You make it work. I do. I try my hardest. And, you know, we take it day by day. Yeah, you are very trying. That but, is true. you know, that's all we can do. Mm. I wish I could rock a Spider-Gwen haircut. But, you know, her outfit was pretty cool. White. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all white. I believe she's been called like Ghost Gwen or Spider Ghost or something like that in some of the comics, just because of her I th- outfit. I think something so. something like that. I can't remember exactly what. I, her... Yeah, I think that was a, just a comment in passing. A though, comment in so passing. It's quite cool though. I quite like it, and I think she's got a lot of potential. She in this iteration has only been um, Spider Woman for two years, mm. so that's quite mm. interesting. Yeah. She's still in the infancy of her crime-fighting days as well, which obviously is quite relatable between her and Miles, and they have a decent amount of chemistry in this well, film. I was going to say, I actually I love the fact that she's not she's not a real love interest. Like She's not there for that purpose. I like the way they don't make it a love interest. Exactly. Well, it could grow into a love interest, as we'll come yeah. on to later, but at this point in time, it's just about being friends, and I quite like that, that they didn't have an overt love interest in the film. There's It's, it's admiration, I think, that you see on screen, and, and it works really well because it's a matter of, you know, Miles has started this new school, he cracks a really lame joke at one point, Gwen's the only person that laughs. It's, yeah. it's a sympathy laugh, but she then speaks to him afterwards and was like, your joke was stupid, but, you know. Yeah, and, and she's undercover at this point as well. She absolutely. knows what's going on. You know, she's yeah. got the spidey sense. And so it's 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 nice for for that to be the the interest in each other is one more of admiration than it is of romantic. Yeah, very much so. And let's move on from Spider Gwen to talk about the other uh, three members of this film who are all spider characters. We have first of all Noir Spider Man, played of course by Nicolas Cage. 
So that was a lovely little surprise that you heard his voice and his dulcet, depressed tones. And I love the way that this, you know, black and white, literally black and white character was searching for some sort of feeling and emotion. And I love his cutscenes and the way that they were all dark and drab and like a 1930s detective sort of film. And he is a detective in his universe. And that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. What do you guys think about Nicolas Cage in this film? Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, you just love hearing his voice, don't you? I love Nicolas Nicolas Cage. I love him. Um, But he's cool. He's like, um, obviously lacking, lacking in any, in any colour, but as a, yes. as a, as a they make, character they make, as a well. good, they make a good joke about that later, don't they, they as well? A terrific Rubric Cube-based yeah. joke, which <laughs> doesn't happen that often. Not many Rubik's-based jokes, but uh, but they make that one work. Um, yeah, he's cool. He's uh, he's he's an interesting um, an interesting side character, but uh, you wouldn't go any further than that, would you? He's, um, no, you, I mean, no. he doesn't have any scene-stealing moments, but what he does bring is just a morose sort of attitude to Spider-Man. Yeah. Like he even says at one point, you know, I burn a match just to get down to the bottom to see if I feel anything. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's extremely dark. And then it cross-cuts with the anime character who we're going to talk about next, Penny. And she's like, you know, I was, I am telekine- telekinetically linked to a spider that is part of a robot that was created by my dad and I'm from the year 3,125. And you're like, okay. And then yeah. you cut to noir Spider-Man and he's all depressive. And then yeah. you cut back to anime sort of Spider-Man character and it's hilarious. I've got to say, actually, noir Spider-Man's costume is fucking cool. Oh, it my is, God. It is absolutely I mean, awesome. how many cosplayers are we going to see doing noir Spider-Man? Well, Probably th- quite a few. Yeah, I think partially in thanks to the film and also Spider-Man on the PS4, because that is a costume and yeah. it looks uh, really cool with yeah. that. So, yeah, we're going to see plenty of those. But also with like going back to Noir Spider Man, there's there's one line in particular which I thought was really really funny um, during the during that big fight scene when everyone's trying to get the uh, the USB the, drive, yeah, the USB, and it's like, oh, we don't use the ballroom, we just dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cl- classic sort of 1930s, 1940s noir lines, and that is why he's a great character. And talking again about Penny and how she's from the future, her link to spider-man is ridiculous in my opinion yeah um you know very ridiculous she's <laughs> if, got if a telekinetic link you'll yeah. love her i mean anime i'm a big anime fan and i loved it and i loved the sort of idea that you can jump between these genres instantaneously and they play so well off of each other yeah. but some of the scenes where she's looking sad or like pumped up or you know just doing typical anime-esque animated things is hilarious and uh, I love that style being thrust into this style to be honest with you but the fan favourite of course and I couldn't believe what I was seeing uh, in the cinema when this happened is of course our favourite favourite iteration Spider-Ham or as we later found out is called Peter Porker now that is hilarious I couldn't get over it we all were laughing hysterically in the cinema um, just genius. Obviously, my hands are wet. I've just washed them. I promise. Yeah, <laughs> Spider Ham is a comic book. You know, it, it exists, and it I, I want to say like, absolutely a thing. And I want to say right now about all of these iterations of Spider Man. They're not just plucked out of thin air. They're not just made up. They have all featured in some way, shape, or form in their own comic book or in a comic. You know, different comic series of Spider Man. So these have been created by Marvel. Right. They, they are not jokes. You in some you ways. You need to fill me in here because. In what world is 
a comic book called Spider Ham. It is, mate. With a character called Peter Porker. It is, mate. Not a joke. Like, even if it is a comic, it's it's done as a joke. Yeah, well, yeah. A good one. Yeah, a very yeah, good yeah. one, I have to say. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I haven't read the Spider Ham comics. I, I can't say that I have uh, either. I, I, blah, 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 blah. That's all, folks. You know, and that's the same. Over. <laughs> is he legally allowed to say that? <laughs> you know, I, I'm just saying... That it's hilarious, and we should acknowledge the fact that they actually exist in paper form, and they are, you know, they're canon, Gareth. You can't be angry at canon, right? I'm, look, I'm not angry. I'm delighted he exists. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's terrific. Yeah. But I know I'm going to get you for your birthday. I'm yeah. definitely not taking him seriously. <laughs> no, he's, no, no, no. We can't take him seriously. Oh God, he, no. He's. I mean, just what's ridiculous. his backstory? Oh, actually, he got bitten by a pig. No, yeah, he got no, bitten by a radioactive yeah, pig. Yeah, so he was a spider who got bitten by a radioactive pig. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is that is canon. That is his backstory. Right. Now, it sounds ridiculous, and it is ridiculous, but, you know, let's just go with it. It made some, for some hilarity, especially with him and, you know, Miles and Peter Parker too. And they just act like it's normal after a while. They, they, <laughs> yeah, like they've stopped. Spider Ham's completely normal. Like, he's just there, seriously part of the conversation. It's how yeah. they save the multiverse. And he He's literally judging Miles. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. this, this guy's a joke. He's yeah. like, sorry, mate. You're a talking pig. You're a fucking Looney Tune, mate. What are you doing? He's bringing out a giant mallet and just malleting people with Acme-style sort of cartoon skills. Drops an anvil on the He drops an anvil. <laughs> and you're just like, what is this? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So say. I have to say, all six together are fantastic. And they all play off each other so well that it made for hilarious viewing. But also, you know, like they said, they've all got origin stories. Yeah. And that's the important thing, because this is Miles' origin story in some way, shape or form. So for them to all acknowledge that, you know, say, look, and it's nice to have them all together because Spider-Man is an isolated character. Mm. You know, all of these superheroes are quite isolated. But, you know, Spider-Man always feels like, he's on his own in some respects. If you look at all of the villains that he has to fight, he's got the most interesting villains, right? Yeah. You know, I, I would, in, in terms of all of the comic books, you know, he's got the most villains to deal with. He's got such a rich history and he feels very isolated. For them to all acknowledge that they've got someone else like them is really important. And that's an important message of the film. It's like, hey, this job is hard, but the part that you've got to accept is that you're going to lose people. You yeah. can't save everyone. You know, we all have lost people, and that is really important, you know. Well, that's one one thing that I really, really appreciated was that when every time that a character was introduced, they redid, like, basically the opening scene, which was yes. like, all right, let's do this again. And my name is so-and-so, and I was bitten by a radioactive spider or a or radioactive pig, pig. If you will. <laughs> or I share a tele- <laughs> telepathic I... link with this spider Ridiculous. who lives in this suit Ridiculous. that my dad built, which... Yeah. Is possibly my, like one of my favorite things. Yeah, but like they all do that, and then obviously when you meet the three characters at once and they do all three together, yeah, it's that's really funny and that plays off really well because obviously you've got you know Noir Spider Man who is just dark and depressed, and then as you said, it's completely contrasted with Penny Parker being a hyperactive anime girl essentially, and it is it's just done really well. well this is the point I was making at the start in the the message the overall message of the film i guess is that um like anybody has it within them to be a hero don't they yeah they do and isn't, that, that, isn't that heartwarming that is heartwarming we and, could all be bite us please spiders i want to be a hero <laughs> please not me because i am a 
huge arachnophobe. I have to say, we are in a country which has massive spiders. Right. Giant ones, if anything. <laughs> Google huntsman right, let, spiders, let, let, people. Get it out because he's going to like have nightmares tonight. Um, <laughs> if a huntsman spider bit me and I turned into a superhuman superhero type yeah. character with cool powers, yeah. up for it, mate. Put one in my room. But only if it's radioactive. I will... I'll take the pig. I'll take the radioactive pig. <laughs> I mean, it sounds nicer. And if you've watched Snatch, you know, pigs don't just stop at one bite, Gareth. They will They will eat you whole. That's so true. Yeah. yeah so, I think being bitten by a pig would probably hurt It would a lot hurt. More. I think it'd rip your arm off, mate. Probably. Probably. And, you know, I love pigs. I'm just saying, is there anything else I can get bitten by, please? Um, I'll take it. I'll take anything else. Ooh. That is a tough one. That is a tough one. Not in this country. I mean, this country, you get bitten by something. I'm telling you, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. Koala? Maybe a koala? Oh, man. Imagine that. But it's super... Koala. Oh, great. You can... Koala man. Koala man. (laughs) I mean, I feel like we're being sort of racist (laughs) towards Australians now. Is that their version? What about kangaroo man or dingo man? I love... Once again, still being racist. Koala man's superpower is that... He can only eat a specific type of leaf. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> eucalyptus. Yeah, eucalyptus. Yeah, all right. It's like being well, a vegan, but a million times more annoying. Let's stop bashing the Australians and their terrible wildlife, which will certainly kill <laughs> us before I return back to London. Uh, let's move on to the main villain of the piece, who is Kingpin. Kingpin. And I was surprised that he was the main villain. However, I kind of liked it. Obviously, the PS4 game focuses quite a lot on Kingpin at times. Yeah, yeah. So, with... Because Wilson Fisk is a very interesting character because he is he's your standard mafia boss and that he's got so many covers and he's got so many police in his pocket that, yeah. that they can't He owns touch the city. Him. He he does, he essentially. Does. And he, you know, has Fisk Towers, which is a yeah. huge building in New York, and they can't touch him. They know that he does all of this illegal stuff, but they just cannot do anything against him until you know, eventually when they finally are able to, you know, it's a eight year, like drawn out battle um, in the PS4 game. You know, it's been eight years that Peter's been trying to take down Wilson Fisk. And this one, I would actually say Kingpin is slightly more terrifying because of the way that they've designed him. Yeah. His animation, he is a behemoth of a character. Yeah, Bane-esque. Yeah, he fills up the screen both in personality and semi-literally yeah. in many ways. He, bigger boy it, he's huge. He is huge, and it, it, it is it is kind of cool how they've animated him. Um, but I did have a slight feeling. Did he not remind you of um, the guy from Despicable Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah he he's did very Gru like. Um, I was hoping he would have a turn of character towards the end and realize, you know, I really want to adopt these girls, but it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. Uh, you know. Uh, but you're right, yeah, Steve Carell might have voiced him. Actually, he didn't, but mm, could no, have been. That would have been great. <laughs> uh, check out Despicable Me, by the way. Great little, lovely film, especially this time of year. Lovely to watch. Uh, Kingpin, definitely not as nice as Gru, and he was the central villain, and I like the way that he had a sort of narrative thread and motivation of wanting to get his uh, wife and kid back, and he, you know, they left after, they left in a hurry after he, they saw mm. him fighting Spider-Man, and then they got hit by a car, and it obviously died. So he's trying to get an alternate version of them over to this dimension, which is causing all of this chaos, which has brought all of these spider people into our universe. And importantly, you know, our guys our guys are able to close this interdimensional portal when Miles finally decides that he can control his powers, which is an important moment of the film, right? Where he finally gets a little speech from his dad 
and realises, you know, I am destined for greatness. I can do this sort of thing, uh, which was quite sweet, I felt. I think there was, there was a particular line which is like, I've always seen the spark in you. Yes. And then the few moments later, where you literally see the, like, the spark across his eyes. It did make me think of The Flash, the TV show on mm. CW. Because um, there's quite a few moments where it's similar to that, where it's like Barry's in a real spot of trouble. And yeah. someone's like, come on, Barry, I believe in you. And then you know that he's going to do something really cool because you see the spark go across his eyes. Yeah. And it was very much like that, echoed of that in... Like probably like a really admirable way. It was absolutely fantastic. I thought that Miles really came into his own as soon as he started to be more confident about it. Yeah, and the way he fights as well was really clever. He made very good use of his powers. Yeah, and you know that whole montage where he finally understands his powers, gets his new cool suit, which is yeah. you know a nod to the comics as well. He gets his own new style. And going with that style, I think we have to talk about the soundtrack of the film because. Boy, oh boy, there was some cool music. Like What's this, up, Danger? Yeah, that, this track right here is phenomenal. What's up, Danger? So when this is playing, when he's finally coming to terms with his power, it is amazing. And and it just, as I said, this just gives new life and a new feel to the Spider-Man universe. Like, you know, it, it's kind of the same sort of character as Peter Parker, but as we said, different ethnicity. And coming from, a, you know, a very multicultural society like New York is, it's good to have different representation in our superheroes. Black Panther proved it earlier, you know, late last year, early this year. They've been underrepresented. People have been underrepresented in the superhero franchises. And female characters have been, you know, underrepresented. Why it's great to see Spider-Woman in this in some respects as yeah, well, you yeah, know. Definitely. And we've got Captain Marvel coming next year. We well, had Wonder Woman, you and know. And Penny Parker. And Penny Parker. And even Aunt May in this film kicks some up. Oh, my you know? God. Aunt May. I was like, God. Damn, that is a badass woman. So, so it's great to have this, you know, this real coming together of, you know, multicultural societies, different versions of the characters. Even a pig can join in <laughs> on now, the action. you got to say, they have been disgustingly underrepresented. What, pigs? What, pigs? Yeah, I have to absolutely. say, I have to say uh, through years of persecution, the pigs. Mm. And now they're coming in, you know, they get, they've got their own superhero. Well, don't worry, Spider-Ham's going to bring home the bacon. Oh, hey. very good. But yes, the soundtrack was exceptional to this film, really added a whole new dimension to this animated yeah. style that we were talking about. I see about. what you did there. see what I did there. Very um, much so. But I'd say probably the standout track for me, and I'm I'm not a Post Malone fan in any way, shape or form, but I thought his song, Sunflower, was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Calling it quits now, baby, I'm a wreck. 
that it comes up three times in the movie, and it's done really well. It's done right at the beginning when Miles is listening to it. Just, he's supposed to be packing for school, but he's not. He's just listening to his music, and then it comes up partway through when Peter's like, "Right, you've got to relax. How yeah, do you relax?" How do you relax? You and then he, and then song. he starts singing the song a little bit. And then it comes in again at the end, and that's awesome. I think it's really, really done well. Yep. And the song itself is actually really catchy. Yeah, very and catchy. As I said, I'm not a not a massive Post Malone fan, but I absolutely love that song. And now I thought it'd be very good to talk about uh, Stan Lee. We've Aww. got a little cameo. Oh, Stan! I mean, obviously he passed away quite recently. This is the first film since his passing to have a cameo of any sort. What did you guys think? Loved it. I it, loved it. It was really nice and simultaneously a little bit heartbreaking. Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was it was cute. That's what it was. It was like it was just a it was a lovely touch. It was heartwarming, and um, he he's funny in it as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And and he and he doesn't overstay his welcome. And it's just a little reminder. Mm. That this is your man. Yeah, and what does he say as well? Something quite poignant about the suit. He says it doesn't fit. It, you know, it will eventually. It will eventually. It always does. It yeah. always does. It's just a matter of you know, it takes time. Kind I, of I thought that was really quite quite cute. Yeah, very sweet. And uh, you know, rest in peace, Stanley. We owe you so much. Mainly all of our entertainment for the last decades and decades <laughs> of our lives. You know, Definitely. have been down to you. Follow. You know, some of our favorite heroes you have created. So, rest in peace. And that was a lovely. Cameo. And um, now on to... Well, actually, just before we go any further forward, and right at the end of the movie as well, where it's just the sort of in in memory of... And he says, anyone can be a hero. Like, uh, anyone that... Great quote. Yeah, and it's a fantastic quote. And it's done right at the end of the movie, and it fits in perfectly. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, hats off to them for, for putting that in in just the right, right, right way. Yeah, and obviously his comic influence is felt throughout this film and I thought it'd be good to talk about some of the major comic references that we get in this film and there are a ton so we're not going to go through all of them but I thought it would be good to discuss certain things uh, whilst we're together mainly number one that uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy is canon apart from the web stuff which we mentioned earlier <laughs> it seems that the story of Spider-Man that they're telling frame for frame when they're going through these narrated sections of how he became Spider-Man Seemed to mimic the Sam Raimi trilogy. Yeah, um, personally, I was a I was a big fan of the the upside down kiss, obviously. Um, and then the camera sort of inverted, and it was actually Mary Jane that was upside down, and Peter Parker was on the ground. Yeah, I, I like that. That was that. That was nice. And and there was loads of little scenes, you know, from those films of him fighting Green Goblin to him. Um, in Spider-Man 3, in the cafeteria scene, in Spider-Man 2, I think it was, in another scene. And there were just things that you could see with the Sam Raimi trilogy. So very interesting that they're using that as canon in this film. Is it genuine canon now? Do we think those Spider-Man films are canon? Mm. <laughs> well, obviously, we discussed the web swing. So yeah, ignore the web slinging, because obviously that's incorrect. I think if it was, it would leave a lot to be desired. Yeah. If you take it as its own little thing, yeah. which, again, because of the fact that there is an established multiverse that yeah. is, for all intents and purposes, a version where this is absolutely true and this yeah. is how Peter Parker was. True. 
and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, as I said, it leaves a lot to be desired yeah. so far as some of his other villains are concerned. I mean, the Sandman was shocking. Oh, absolutely shocking. <laughs> and the thing about it is, as well, maybe they just wanted to use it because they wanted people to recognise things that they already knew. Yeah. You know, yeah, they yeah. want to tap into the fact that the audience, okay, what would they think is the most relevant Spider-Man? And obviously the one they can draw the most on is the Sam Raimi trilogy for this film. So they, you know, that people will remember some of those scenes, especially the upside down kiss. Yeah. Especially that, which is obviously now synonymous in all pop culture. So yeah, that was nice. That was nice. So if you notice anything there and we missed anything, do let us know. Uh, PS4, PlayStation 4, and their new Spider-Man game designed by Insomnia. So, very important, there are some references to that in this film. Correct, Simon, who is our resident Spider-Man gamer. Yes, um, so... Like, first thing that I notice when you see um, all of the spider suits lined up, you see um, the advanced suit, or also known as the white spider suit, um, which is literally the like the iconic suit of the game yeah and even when i was playing through the game i kept going back to it just because i like the way it looks and it is so so nice mm. it's a it's a nice contrast from the usual black spider and said you've got this bigger white spider and it's got like different patterns and it. it's really nice and then there's also things such as the stealth suit big time um there's the secret wars suit and a couple of other ones as well which i just think the way that that was done, just nice little Easter egg, nice little nod, nod to it. Yeah. Perfect. Very good nod. Very good nod to get that PS4 stuff in there because it's been a big year for Spider-Man, as we said. And that game uh, got a lot of critical acclaim and is one of the best games of the year. It was up for a lot of Game of the Year awards, I believe. And I reckon, know, I reckon if it wasn't for God of War this year, yeah. then it would have won Game 100%. of the Year. 100%. So it was nice that they finally, you know, because a lot of kids were playing that game. So mm. they will recognise little nods to the game there. Even, Especially the suits, because the yeah. suits are a big part of that game. Yeah, definitely. And the Spider-Man, different Spider-Man suits, even things in things like the most recent iteration of the Avengers, it's cool to see the different suits that he gets, right? Yeah. They're yeah. designed by Stark Industries. So it's great to see that sort of stuff. And I think, honestly, if you're, if you're not a massive Spider-Man fan... This is definitely the time to get into it. From this year alone, we've had some awesome stuff. You've got um, Homecoming to watch as well. And, and Far, from, Far home. from Home coming up next year. Is yeah, it next year? yeah, yeah. It's, May, it's sort of a May, June time next year after Avengers. So you've got Far From Home, which is the next Spider Man iteration with Tom Holland's, Tom Holland's iteration of Peter Parker, which is going to be very good. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a good time to, to start getting into Spider Man. And. I'd always argue that it's better to know a little bit about something and say, hey, yeah, I'm actually starting to get interested in it than it would be to try and feign any knowledge and be like, oh, yeah, well, Spider-Man, oh, who cares about him anymore? When clearly everyone still does. Yeah, it's he's huge. The most marketable superhero, I would say, in the world Do you reckon? of superheroes. Yeah, I, th- I would I say think, so. I think it was only recently that they announced that he is the most profitable superhero Wow. Beats Batman, beats Why? Superman. Although I imagine he's probably pretty close. Like, they're probably pretty close. It's probably close. Yeah. But I think that this year's been a good rise in his well, stock. if you have a look, I, next time you're out in any sort of shopping centre or shopping mall, you'll see, I can almost guarantee, anyone under the age of about five or six, there's normally at least something Spider-Man related, whether it's a T-shirt, whether it's their shoes, whether it's a watch, whether it's, you know, literally anything. Sometimes they're carrying the little Spider-Man action figures, mm. even if they are, like, third party and made yeah. in China. But, you know. Well, 
don't know. I reckon the the porn industry is the next area to explore. Well, we'll that leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> don't we'll leave bring it the kids into We're that. not going to bring the image into it. John, you're a disturbed, disgusting man, and you've ruined Peter Parker for me, essentially. Thank I, God <laughs> Miles Morales is taking over, because <laughs> if he wasn't, I'd be, I'd be fucked, to be honest with you. Oh, uh, oh, 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 will he? Anyway, enough about that image, and John, let's move on to our next comic thing. So I found this extremely interesting, by the way, and um, it, it's interesting that... Did you guys notice that the different realities that were brought into this film with the different there was an image there was an image when the different dimensions are being sort of crossed or brought in you see different numbers right and it's canon it is canon that earth in our depiction of spider-man throughout all of the canon mm. is 616 right yeah 616 yeah. interestingly that is the dimension that Peter Parker 2 came from. Yes. So oh. how interesting is that? So we've just been we've just been spying on another dimension yes. in this movie. Yeah. Maybe. I feel dirty. So the <laughs> Pete yeah, exactly. So the Peter Parker that we saw that was a perfect Peter Parker is not from the canonical. The canonical version is the sort of washed up, you know, got a bit of a gut, broke divorce from Mary Jane sort of situation. What are your thoughts on that, boys? Well, I I mean, I suppose I suppose from a, a realistic perspective, it doesn't make a difference. No, right. But um, but it but it still does, doesn't it? Like internally, it you're like, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So um, it's the Rick and Morty problem. It's like you it know, the, you know what? Do you care? Yeah. If there's there so are many, that different many dimensions, different dimensions, infinite realities, why do you care about anyone in particular? But you do, don't you? Because it's human nature. You do. It's still we know yeah. that that's ours. Yeah. We know it's our one. We, we yeah. So um, very interesting. So that so our new hero Mars Morales isn't actually ours. No. No. And that's the thing as well. That's it's exactly the same in the comics as well. Is that Miles Morales is a different Spider-Man from a different universe? Yes. So when there is the crossover events with all the different Spider Verses, it is something that's brought up. And it's the same thing with Spider Gwen as well. They all say Peter Parker died. Sometimes you know, in Miles's case, it was you were Spider-Man, and then you died. Yeah. In you know Gwen Stacy's reality, it's well. I was Spider Girl, and you and died. You died yeah. in like an incident. Mm. I wasn't able to save you. And then obviously, there's the Spider Man that we know and love because obviously that's the stories that we're familiar with. Yeah. That's probably why we're slightly more attached to him than we ought to be. Yeah, and it was just a nice nod. And you know, anyone picking up on that, go check it out, watch it again, and you will see Peter Two is our Peter. And I kind of like that in a way. I like the fact that he be- can become a washed up sort of guy, but he's still cool and he still gets the job done. At the end of the day. We can all relate to him. We can all relate to him. He eats pizza. I eat pizza. I eat pizza. I love pizza. I lie in my bed looking up at the ceiling, wondering why there's weird black holes coming through my door. Yeah, good point. Yeah, don't we all? Don't we all? Don't Don't we all? all. Uh, And I thought it'd be good to talk about, is there going to be a sequel to this? There has to be, doesn't there? (sighs) The the thing is, because of the way it ended, I'm not going to go into that too much, they're, they're definitely leaving the door open. For a sequel. With Gwen as well. Yes. So there was even a little scene where Gwen sort of says, hey, Peter, like that. And you see this sort of interdimensional thing going on. So their story isn't finished. No. No. Uh, I mean, hey, Miles, sorry. So their story's not finished at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter's gone, yeah. you know, but Miles isn't. So Gwen obviously 
It's got the huts for miles. Yeah, a bit Travelling, quite nice, quite romantic. Travelling across dimensions Dim- for him. Dimension yeah. cross when, when was the last time yeah. you did that for anyone you were Dimension cross lovers. Well, I basically much? did that when I moved here, didn't I? Well, dimensions, yeah. 15,000 miles. We'll leave it at that. And let's talk about the end credits, boys. There is an end credit scene. Which? Thoughts on the end credits. So good. So, so funny. So funny. So we're not only getting, and this is interesting. So the end credits, we see Spider-Man 2099 which is a future Hispanic version of Spider-Man, played in this film by Oscar Isaac. So it's his voice being the voice oh, of Spider-Man 2099. And he's like, take me back. They're talking about the multiverse. He's like, take me back to the beginning of Spider-Man. Yeah. And it takes him back into cartoon form, the 1960s version of Spider-Man, which is absolutely hilarious. And they're having this point pointing war it's a pointed in, argument. A pointed <laughs> argument in this the, the classic art style, and it's just hilarious. Well, as as a bit of um, like the an internet resident, it's also a really popular scene for a meme. Is it? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Because obviously, it's two spider pe- like it's two spider men pointing at each other. Yeah. So it'll be like, for example, um, like it'll be two fictitious things normally with two very similar things pointing at each other going yeah. hey you're the same as me yeah, yeah and so when he fell into that scene and took over that bit that was awesome that was absolutely amazing. hey who are you who are you who are you <laughs> stop pointing at me you're not pointing at me no <laughs> I'm not pointing. You pointed first. Who pointed first? I don't know. Which Spider-Man do we? What Spider-Man do we get? And it's just the voice acting. Clearly Spider-Man. The voice acting from that 60s version is hilarious as well. It's just brilliant. Yeah, very funny. So it was great to have it there. And a lovely little nod to Spider-Man 2099, who I'm sure we'll see in the next iteration, especially if Oscar Isaac's involved with the voicing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But there was also another little thing about that um, and credit scene, which I only found out afterwards, which was the J. Jonah Jameson that is in that End credit scene yeah. was actually voiced by Stanley himself. Wow! Ooh. Yeah, Stan, nice. Stan getting involved because um, you know Stan did write J. Jonah Jameson as like a parody, exaggerated version of himself. Yeah, very good. Uh, so yeah, lovely little nod. Nice. And now to end this podcast, a fun game that I have. It's not really a game; it's more of a list. To be honest, with you. Um, game so list. So many times. Had some whiskey. It's the same sort of down. thing. Yep. <laughs> Imagining I'm going to play a game and instead I'm. L- Len's really the rubbish at playing games. Yeah, it's, yeah, well, creating really, them anyway. Yeah. So I the game is the alphabet. Yeah, well, get ready for this then. Num- this is number based. I've written down every Spider-Man film to date, and I say right. to date, and I don't mean that. I mean since the Sam Raimi iteration, <laughs> starting in 2002. Oh, God, right. So what I would like us to do is put them in order from work. Worst to best. Okay, and this is the list of films, just so everyone's aware. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, The Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I've written down as I go the Spider-Verse because I was (laughs) writing very quickly when I did my notes for this podcast. Also, weren't you doing it on your phone as well? Yeah, it's a difficult life. But what I want to say is (laughs) I want us to rate them. I go the Spider Verse isn't. It's one not a movie. No, it's don't not. Mind that. Okay, no, yeah, it's the sequel. It's actually the prequel to this. It's one. It's the prequel. <laughs> I go the Spider Verse into the Spider Verse. So let's go through what we think is the worst to start off with. Now, just to clarify, the Spider Man ones, 
that say Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3 are the Sam Raimi films. The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2 are the Andrew Garfield iterations yeah. of Spider-Man, which are very quickly forgotten now. Mm. Spider-Man Homecoming is the latest Marvel iteration of Spider-Man in terms of cinematic universe, which is Tom Holland's Spider-Man, the one in Avengers, and Into the Spider-Verse, which we have been talking about for the last hour and six minutes. If you're not up to date with that, sorry we spoiled the whole film. So next up, worst one out of that list. For me, guys, I'm going to crack it open. Amazing Spider-Man Spider-Man 3 actually yes, I'm going to yeah, go Spider-Man 3 Spider-Man 3 is the worst I mean Sam Raimi did very well with Spider-Man 2 I'm sure that'll be much higher in the list but Spider-Man 3 is god awful Sandman is god awful Venom is not Shocking. Venom Shocking. you know what was going on with that film I, think- I mean, it's forgettable. It's just forgettable. Plus, T- Tobey Maguire turns into a total prick in that film. Okay, mm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say this, and this is probably a slightly controversial opinion. In that, I don't think any of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies are all that great to begin with. I think that's controversial. That is, I it is definitely controversial. I, I agree. Because, but I they kickstart they kickstarted a lot of superhero stuff. Uh, absolutely, for everyone, I, and, and we, that we should not be thank, understated. We have a lot to thank for it, and obviously, superhero movies were still kind of trying to find their feet, and that's fair enough. I'm, I'm willing to give it a little bit. At of At the leeway. time, I think Spider-Man one and two were quite groundbreaking. But if you go back and watch them now, you're going to be massively disappointed. Um, that all the, all the, the only reason people love them so much is nostalgia. Yeah. This point because honestly Spider-Man 3 was shocking and I don't even think Tobey Maguire was that good. Oh he's not a good Peter Parker I, I don't even think he was that good of an actor No he's not a good actor. In, but in, in those yeah. like, I haven't seen... Um... Good in Seabiscuit I hear but yeah. not anything else yeah, play the horse. <laughs> Oh no yeah. <laughs> Anyway no, so at number 7, oh god, at number 7 <laughs> we're saying Spider-Man 3 coming in at number 6 I'll open this up to the floor I would go with the Amazing Spider-Man Two. I, I'm going to say that I I disagree, but I can't really disagree because yeah. I have totally forgotten that movie. Yeah, exactly. That's probably well, a sign. Exactly. That, well, well, that is the one where Gwen Stacy dies. That's mm. the thing, and I don't. I wouldn't personally rate it that low no. because that's Electro, and there's a. I mean, Jamie Foxx's Electro. That was disappointing, man. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm not saying anything was fantastic, but. It was still a. I, I feel like it had a lot more polish than the Sam Raimi movies. Oh well, of course it does. But you know, at the end of the day, I know, and I love Emma Stone, and I actually really yep. like Andrew Garfield. Yep. I think he was a better Peter Parker than yep. Tobey Maguire. But the thing for me is that film was just messy. It was. It was I'll give you messy, that. and and even the death of Gwen, even though I knew it was coming, just felt very sudden, and it annoyed me that there was no third act to that story. You know, mm. it annoyed me. That's but the way it ended. I feel like. But didn't didn't they think at the time that there was more? Well, Maybe, yeah, yeah, but then was, the rights of, issues. Because of the way it was left off, he was about to start fighting the rhino. Mm. Um, which was oh, obviously but that, that end be, scene is garbage. No, but I, I, I know. But it was meant to be leading in towards the Sinister Six movies, yeah. which obviously eventually got canned. Canned, because and, Marvel now got the rights to Spider-Man because they bought them off of Sony Pictures, whatever. Yeah. So for me, I'd say Amazing Spider-Man 2. I think we can agree on that one just about. Yeah. I, I think we'll I, all agree that Amazing Spider-Man was better than Amazing Spider-Man I, 2 and should go above that one. I would I would actually put Spider the Sam Raimi Spider-Man as the third worst. I agree. And I think, Len, you've got to look at this. You've got to think about um, Andrew Garfield 
and Emma Stone. Yeah, it's alone, a good combo. Alone, the, the they were going. They were going out at times. So yes, it was genuine yeah, chemistry. And, and Andrew Garfield, aka Thomas Muller, any football fan, he looks yeah, exactly he, he like does. him. Well, it's unbelievable. A better looking Thomas Muller, but yeah. But he's he 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 was great. He's a brilliant Spider-Man, and he's the sort of he's the guy who I think the Spider-Man that we have in Into the Spider-Verse turns into yeah right. I, I think that's a fair statement and as well because obviously that first scene in the amazing spider-man when he's just become spider-man and he's um fighting against that guy with a knife and the sarcasm that's just pouring out of him left right and center is fantastic and that is spider-man yeah spider-man is a sarcastic little shit yeah well, well, and he pulls that off perfectly well let's go into this then so at number seven let's just clarify the worst one yeah. we've got um spider-man, spider-man three, three. Then we've got Amazing Spider-Man 2 at number 6. At number 5, we've got Spider-Man 1 by Sam Raimi. And then I'd say and Spider-Man then, 2. And, uh, and then at number 5, we've got Amazing Spider-Man. Right? You, but Simon, I'm not having it that Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is anywhere near the bottom. <laughs> it's not happening. Spider-Man Again, 2 is amazing. We're going to have to create separate lists. We're going to have to create separate lists. Simon. I, 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 Again, like out of out of the Sam Raimi trilogy, it is by far the best. Yeah. But even still, by by holding it against any other standards than literally, hey, it's nostalgia, it doesn't hold up. It uh, doesn't hold up in any regard. I, I personally really enjoy I that think, film still. I think Tobey Maguire start, he comes into the role a little bit more. He plays a better Peter Parker than we saw in the first Spider Man movie where he's just super awkward and nowhere near as cringy as Spider Man three. But he, I wouldn't say he does anything that blows it out of the water. He doesn't, there isn't any show-stealing moments. There isn't any particularly, po- I've basically forgotten the, mo- the, the, like, the majority of that movie. Really? I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I really, I really rate, rate that movie. I mean, for me, that was a seminal moment of my growing up. So maybe I'm holding a bit of a candle to it and, and trying to think of it fondly. But if Gareth, if you want to vote that down as well, I have to go with the majority rules. I, I'm going to have to, mate. So okay. let's get this right. At number seven is Spider-Man 3. At number six is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. At number five is the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man. At number four is Spider-Man 2. At number three... All right, this has to be The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. I wouldn't put it Andrew Garfield's iteration, The Amazing Spider-Man. For me, number two, Spider-Man Homecoming, which I think is arguably... An amazing film. I think it's one of the best Spider-Man. I think Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. I'm saying it right now. He's on one. He's on two films. Well, technically, he's on three almost now because he's done Avengers. Uh, he's an Avengers Civil War. He's an Avengers Infinity War, and he's on Spider-Man. It wasn't Homecoming. even Avengers Civil War. It was Captain America, America Civil, Civil War. War. It might as it might as well have been called. Avengers, Avengers Light. Light, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a spe- Avengers S. It's a special edition. Yeah. I, look, I'm I'm not going to say that I don't like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He's I, the best Spider-Man. I do. I do. I don't think he's quite got the sass. What? He hasn't got the oh, sass, mate. If you look know. at the, if you look at what has. no, if you, I guarantee you this right now. Go back and watch Civil War and look at the one-liners. His first introduction, Spider-Man. Mm. It is hilarious. I, Not only that, watch Homecoming. Watch Homecoming. He is brilliant. He is the Peter Parker that we all deserve. He is genuinely young. Genuinely seems like a kid. And in things like Infinity War, spoiler warning for Infinity War, when he, you know fades away it's brutal and it shows you that he's a kid yeah he's a kid and the other thing as well is that stan lee himself said that is the sort of guy i envisioned when i I wrote peter parker i'm not 
I'm not going to argue with him. So, yeah, yeah. fine. So I, Point taken. I, I can understand your um, reservations, reservations towards Homecoming. But I honestly think that when you take everything that Tom Holland is into consideration, yeah. he is... He's hilarious. I, like he's that, so funny. That one scene where he's like try, trying to swing across the park, but there's nothing for There's his, nothing for to swing on. Because that's the thing. It's hilarious. He started out in Queens. He's from Queens. He's from Queens. That, you know? is, that is absolutely Spider-Man. No, but I mean, that's not that's not Tom Holland being a great Spider-Man. That's No, the, but the it's the way he plays it and he, the way he, he acts He plays it, it off really well. Fun. And he, he brings the character to life in a way that I don't think we've seen before. Yeah, he is genuinely hilarious. And he is very... You know, he's bristle. He is a kid, and and you see that in Infinity War, and that's why it was devastating. That's probably arguably the most devastating part of Infinity War, and you know he plays it very well. And his relationship with Tony Stark as well is excellent, and something that I think should be cherished because we're not going to have it for too much longer. I don't think we are anyway. So let's make the most of it whilst we can. And I think, guys, that means that at number one is I go the Spider-Verse. No, Into the Spider-Verse is number one. So that is very impressive that this, we think, is the best iteration of any Spider-Man film in our living memory. The the only thing I'm going to say is that whilst I do absolutely love Into the Spider-Verse, I think it comes very close with Homecoming. It does. Because I think they're both fantastic movies in every regard. I just... It's it's very difficult. It's, it's literally just putting... I'd, say the animation and the the quality of the characters ever so slightly ahead yeah than the the live action version and i felt like homecoming was basically iron man 4 plus spider-man yeah kind in, of in, in a way. some ways but again the way peter parker was like came to life was just fantastic and I can't argue that point. And it's nice that we didn't have an origin story. Mm, you know, yes. with, with Homecoming it's lovely that it was just, he is Spider-Man. Yeah, you, you know Spider-Man. Here He's trying to figure it out. He's a 16 year old kid who's trying to juggle his schoolwork and it essentially is that at times. Yes, yeah. And that's very realistic and you know, the story is far more small scale. Like, I know there's like a ship scene in it that's quite crazy but at the end of the day, you know, the end, and this is a slight spoiler warning for Homecoming, you know, it revolves around him going to his prom with a day yeah and that car journey is fucking phenomenal with michael keaton i mean it's so good and i just think that it's an amazingly well-written film and he's a great spider-man but for me into the spider-verse into the spider-verse or i go the spider-verse is just so lovely because you have this different iterations of the character and different versions of spider-man that we finally get to see interact with each other on the big screen in an amazing art style with great voice casting and great acting from people like Nicolas Cage and Lee Schreiber as, you mm. know, Kingpin and all these other people and it's just great. So for me and for us, that is our best Spider-Man film. So, yeah, you know, it's, I it's, hope you guys agree with us. It's a perfect love letter to the Spider-Man fans. It really is. For, for like throughout the ages. And it let's keep done really well. Let's keep them going. I want the sequel. I want more. I want more of this. Oh. And Miles is a breath of fresh air. It'd be good though, um, people listening... If you disagree with us let and us know. outraged by anything that we've said, be outraged. Let us know. I like just, just outraging be out- people. Outraged you know, you shouldn't be. General. You shouldn't be outraged because John isn't here, and you haven't seen what <laughs> we've seen. And if you had, 
you would be outraged as much as we are, which is why we had to ban That's him true. temporarily. I've, I, I, I'm changed. Like I'm forever changed. <laughs> Honestly, as a human being. you will not believe what we've seen. As, as I said, like I'm, I'm a bit of an internet dweller, and even that was a little bit scary. Yeah, I mean, that was mildly a, terrifying. A little bit scary. He's saying very little, but yes, please do let us know. Email us at, at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. That is at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Or let us know on our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, fa- you know, uh, Facebook, any of those. Let us know your thoughts on this film and our podcast review because we do care what you think. And leave us a review too. That would be amazing. But I think that is it for today. It has been a lot of fun talking about this film, actually. Yeah, yeah, it has. Um you know, was I? I was a fan of the hype, and the hype is real, guys. The mm. hype is real. If Absolutely. you haven't seen it yet, and you've been listening to this, sorry for spoiling it, but go watch it. And all that's left to say is we've got lots of content coming up in the next few weeks. We have our hopes and fears for 2019 and our sort of highlights of 2018 that will be rolled into one podcast. We also have this. And of course, we will be reviewing Black Mirror in the coming weeks when it comes out on Netflix. That interestingly includes a choose your own adventure style episode, which apparently has the critics uh, very, very interested in what's going on there. Even as a non-critic of Black Mirror, I'm really interested yeah, in the sounds of they've that. apparently shot five hours worth of content which can be mixed and matched so that is extremely interesting i'm very much looking forward to reporting on what we think about that and how all of our different stories connect in some way shape or form i think that'll be really fun so that'll be out sometime in january but not only that the walking dead returns in february so we're continuing our coverage of that plus of course any major films the oscars all that sort of stuff will be going on so lots of stuff to look forward to in the early parts of 2019 with fan critical and our stephen king retrospectives over at castle rock critical too they will be back starting with the shining in january so, hey, lots of stuff to look forward to. I want to thank Gaz and Simon and everyone in Australia for looking after me in these times. Very much appreciated. The Huntsman Spiders might be in the bedroom tonight, boys. So. It's also, it's, it, is, it has been 39 degrees. Today. 39 degrees Celsius. So I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. but No idea. 7 hot. million degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> Very hot. Um, hence being in the cinema. Um, but yeah. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Thank you, Australia. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Gareth. Sorry, John, your ban will be lifted soon. And girls back there in England, as in our fan critical girls, you'll be back on sometime soon. But, yep, more content coming up in the near future. And all that's left to say is with great power comes great responsibility. Don't finish that sentence, he says in the film, but I did finish it. Sorry. Good. Bye. Yes. Goodbye, everybody. Like, what's up, Danger?